The opportunity that we get to come into this house of God. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times we take things for granted. And uh, the society that we live in, the things that have been happening, we've, we're slowly learning to quit taking things for granted. Amen. Because things can be snuffed out and taken away from you just like that. And we all know that. Life can too. And so it's always good to acknowledge the fact that we are here. And we're here because we have the chance to be here. Amen. And let's give the Lord praise for that. Yeah, amen. We still have the thank God for his freedom, for his liberty. And, you know, no matter how, how locked up and bound up this world will try to, the world's going to try to put us Christians in a box. But even though if they do put us in a box and they get us in that box, through God, we still have freedom. Amen. And that's what they're not going to understand. Why are these people still happy? Why are these people still content? Why are they still pushing forward? Why are they still fighting all the way to the end? Because we have something to live for. Amen. And that's eternity in heaven with God. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, the people in this world don't understand that life is eternal. Uh, life right. on earth is not, right. but life itself is. And we, we're promised eternity with heaven as long as we stand true to the end. You stand, if you stand strong, trust in your faith, believe in everything all the way to the end, endures to the end. That's the word I'm looking for. He who endures to the end, what does it say about that? To be saved. We have to endure. And if you don't endure, that means you give up. You quit. You walked away. There's a lot of people walking away. We cannot walk away from God. We cannot walk away from this right here. None of us have. We're all here, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I wish more was here. I wish every church in America was packed to the as full as it could be packed That's right now. Yes, yes, they'll be they'll be looking for God one of these days when when this thing really starts imploding. Yep. But right here tonight, I'm thankful that we have this chance to be here. Amen. And we're going to pray, and then we're going to praise the Lord tonight. We got a lot to pray about, and if we went to mentioning things, we could spend probably a week in here praying and still not touch all the all the things that's going on around, touch all the, get all the names out there. There's a lot of people in need right now. But God knows them. God knows who's on your heart. He knows, but he also, he wants us to give them to him. He wants us to bring them to him. So let's all pray. Let's pray together. If there's somebody on your heart, on your mind, give them to God. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings, Lord God. There are people amongst us, Lord God, who are hurting who are in need. They need a touch from you, Lord God. I just ask that you open up the gates of heaven and just let your blessings flow into each and every one of these hearts and lives and and homes, Lord God. Those from this church that need a touch from you, I ask right now you just touch them, strengthen them, encourage them, Lord God. Lift them up, Lord God. Give them that that peace that passeth no understanding, Lord God, that your word says we can have, Lord God. And there's people all around us in our communities that are hurting that family members have gone on, they've passed away, they're, uh, they're sick, Lord God, they're, they need a touch from you, their finances are destroyed, Lord God, but we know you are bigger than any of that, Lord God, and we give all of these issues to you, and we just say, Lord, let, let, let your blessings flow, Lord God, let your love flow, let your grace and mercy flow, Lord God, into the hearts and the lives of the people in this community that need it, Lord God. And 
right here tonight we're here to serve you we're here to worship you we're here to love you we're here to honor you lord god and we're here to give praise to you and give thanks to you and we thank you that we have this chance and opportunity to be here we thank you that we have one more day lord god here to serve you and worship you and we appreciate that chance and we love you and we praise you in jesus name amen amen why we need to be ever very near you God your word tells us if we'll draw near you you'll draw near us amen submit ourselves to God the devil will flee amen father we need you we need to have a hunger is what we need we need to have a thirst oh God forgive us forgive your people Lord God God, we need to be seeking you instead of seeking everything else. We need to be yearning for you, Lord. Oh, God. We seek you tonight, Lord, on behalf, so strongly, so strongly, on behalf of others, Lord. God, the pain and the hurt and the illness and the broken hearts, the lost souls, people in bondage, they're everywhere. We cannot go out these doors without seeing them. Many of them, Lord. God, our prayers tonight, Lord, please help our people, God, that are in such need tonight, God, that are in anguish and pain and hurt and misery and even torment. Men, these bodies, God, that are afflicted, heal, Lord, we ask in your mighty, glorious virtue, Jesus minister to hearts Lord that need repaired and mended and healed touch minds God that are confused oh Lord those that need peace in homes and families we pray for that Lord I just ask you to help us to know God that when we look to you and we place our trust in you Lord God you hear you hear us and you listen to us. And Father God, you respond. Help us to do so in earnest and sincerity, Lord. In all of our seeking and searching of you, God, let us be genuine. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, God, for the wonderful thing we've already experienced, and that's the worship. The worship to your name, God. Praise you, love you, and appreciate you. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, hallelujah. Need to be yearning instead of yawning. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Seeking instead of setting. Hungering instead of full. <clears throat> hungry keeps you going. Because yeah. if you're hungry, you're looking for something. If you're thirsty, you're looking for something. The church is so satiated. So full. Where's the hunger? Where's the thirst? That's my constant question. Where is the hunger and where is the thirst? God bless you. Be seated.
kind of come out and get going here. services. What did you draw from the service and the message this morning? Hallelujah. What did you draw out of it? We could range from nothing <laughs> to a lot. On a scale of one to ten. I think if it's nothing, you flat weren't listening. <laughs> and that's not just me. I'm talking God talking. But anyway, I'm asking you, and I want this not, not a long, drawn-out response on it. Let's keep it kind of brief because we got some ground to cover but what what did you draw out of it what maybe one thing that really hit you hard this morning and like i said this before Brother going got his hand up i told somebody in, in leaving this morning i said i always get it before you do you come see me before it gets to you so it works me over before it works you over right and we all need worked over Right. We don't ever get to a place where we've arrived or we, we know it all or we're doing all of this, you know. What that rich young ruler tell Jesus? Mm -hmm. I'm doing all them things. Mm -hmm. right. Anyway, go ahead. Um, what I got out of it was something that I've already been dealing with in my own mind is, is that ministries outside of the church has pretty much ceased. <clears throat> and that's, that's where we're failing as a church. Yeah. It's easy to minister inside this church and talk to us mm -hmm. and be a Christian in here, but outside the, these four walls, not, seems like it's not so easy. And I, I think that's a universal issue. Yep. Yeah, but I agree. You know, we got we got to come home on the rubber mat and meet where we're at. Yep. We can talk about everybody else all we want to, but it starts at home. If we don't start individually with ourselves right here, and then right here, and I agree. Uh, the the service oriented church is almost an antique. I didn't say there's programs all that running out everywhere. Right. But I'm talking service oriented. Sure. What Jesus do? Sit down and try to teach the disciples. How did he do it? By washing their feet. What it meant to be a servant. Right. The Lord Himself, nasty, dirty, rotten feet that have been everywhere in the streets. Sit down and try to. T this is how you serve right here by getting down in the gutter with people. You're right. It's not always within the walls, and it is so easy. It is so easy. And and I'm, I'm we're talking honest tonight, right? I've tried to guide and lead, but and I finally okay. I'm gonna leave it up to people to do what they're supposed to do. When there's a need, I'm not gonna call. I'm gonna leave it up to people. Where's that? You understand what I'm saying? I shouldn't have to to beat somebody or call them and ring, ring, ring to try to pull out of them help. That should be something right here in the Christian life. It ought to be automatic. 
that when people are in need and hurting and suffering and, and experiencing difficulties, where's the ministry? We should be excited. Yeah, exactly. It should be a joy. Yeah. Instead of run from it. Or, or shirk responsibility. Maybe that, thank you, Lord. That's it right there. Shirking of responsibility. I said this morning, let somebody else do it. It's easier for somebody else to do it, and that way I don't have to worry about it. That's the attitude. That's the world attitude. Church is bailed in with the world, I guess. Uh, but anyway, we're going to cover some more ground. That's a good good start off. Good. Back here in the back. First, Brother Jane, we'll, we'll get you. Last night, um, you know, we got a phone call, and we had to take care of some stuff with your brother. And um, I told the answers, you know, let's not put our, you know, ground at him or anything. And he, he talked to his brother on his way home, and, and I think it was great because he told his brother, he asked his brother, where? I was asking where is he? Pass away right now. Where are you going to go? Heaven yeah. or hell? Good question. Good and question. He didn't really have an answer, and I, which you know, I kind of expected that. But I think he needs to think about it, you know. And, and uh, which I had to drive them home last night because they were, you know, doing a little drinking. But I'd rather them call me than not. Absolutely. Especially with the fog and everything. So, mm -hmm. and I just asked him. I said we had a pretty pretty good talk, but I don't know how much he took in because you know intoxication, but. I was just grateful I tried that to he just him, called. I tried to help him think about it, you know. Sure. I tried to help him think about it as much as he could, you know. Yeah. Hopefully it took, put some kind of seed into his mind. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, good blunt question is there. And the question he did ask Danny is, what made you change you? Yeah, he asked me what, what changed me. I was like, well, because I asked myself the same question, and I didn't know. And before I was saved, I was scared to go to bed at night because I was afraid if I died in my sleep, where, where, where my, I'm gone. I knew where I was going, so that's why I decided, well, it's time to time to be saved and ask Jesus into my heart. Praise God. So, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Brother Jim. Brother, what I got out of it this morning was, was in myself for myself. Right. And, uh, I, I, I got this out of it, uh, no matter how much I think I've got God in me, or how much I've got God, I found out this morning. But I always knew it, but I still need all everything I can get. Amen. I can always get more. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I feel empty. Sometimes I feel full. And I like the full feeling better than do the empty. Because I know that Holy Ghost will fill you up. Amen. Yeah, you will. Well, that's how you get full of the Spirit, by following the hunger and the thirst. Yeah. yeah. Not full of ourselves or full of our own wants, yeah. full of the Holy Spirit. It's a big, big difference. Jordan and Sean's got something. I'm going to say, and I want to carefully say this, this morning, you know, when you were ministering the Word, it reminded me of something that I, you know, I thought about about a while back, and I'm careful. How to, I'm careful about saying it because you know, I think it's there's a lot of things wrapped in in this, and it, and it's you know, you ask the question, you know, what did you get? You know, what did you glean from the message this morning? Um, I'll say it like this: whether whether you're a fan of it or not whether you support it or not, the dynamic of people 
within the circle of what we call the body, the church, that dynamic will make you or break you. That's right. And you, there's a lot of intangibles with that. And I know when I say that, and I maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about some of that. Maybe we'll get into some things to share about that. But that dynamic with the body of Christ is so vital and so important that it will either make you or break you. And because of the support, the, uh, the there are so many things that we talked about this this morning, and I'll say this and I'll let Sean go. All the things that have been passed on to the church, we know from the from from Christ and what we've been given as a as the body, and then not to use it, I think it's going to make you or break you. There's a lot riding on the dynamic of, of the people and the way they interact with each other. I'll I say agree. that. I'll, I agree. I'll let that go. I agree. You agree? Mm -hmm. yeah. the, uh, go ahead, Sean, then we'll carry on. Uh, it kind of goes along with what Tanner said. I, uh, that one, I mean, I felt like breaking down and crying up here, and I couldn't pinpoint why exactly. I just felt like crying. I almost just put my notebook down and just went down the altar and, and cried. That's a weeping spirit. Yeah, spirit of remorse. You don't know why, but you just know you need to. I mean, I I know that there's things the Lord has told me to do, and I, I know I'm not up to snuff where I need to be, and I, I just feel like I'm not doing enough, and I, I I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading enough. I'm I. He, he showed me a level I need to get to, so I can get to another level, and it doesn't. I, I feel like I'm getting there, and then I just kind of slack off. And then I get up there, and then I slack back off. If I may inject here, I've had a considerable number of people tell me the very same thing. And they think they need to read more, they need to pray more. And it is an answer, but you need to apply what you read. Yeah, yeah I think what you've already been told. And you'll, you'll suffer that from now on until you start applying it. Right. Because yeah. I've been there. I know exactly what you're talking about. Lord, I've read, and I've prayed, and I'm not getting... Start putting it into action. Yeah. You will definitely see it a, a big difference. Mm -hmm. Good. Good point. Okay. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I had a thought there. Let's look at some scripture here. It'll come to your head. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I don't think it's any big secret if you observe it all. We live in an extremely selfish world. Mm -hmm. A totally self-centered society. Amen. And throughout the ages, and especially, in, I believe, in the modern times, the times we're living in, we see an encroachment of the world into the church like it's never been seen before. Uh -huh. The church adapts the mood of society. The church adapts the style of society. That's one thing that drives me literally up the wall. Why do we think we have to be like the world to please God? We can't be like the world and please God. But there's so many things that kind of sneak in, and before we know it, they're part of the church. Right. They've set up camp in the midst of the congregation. And one of those things is selfishness. If we're going to be honest, again, we need to be honest. Uh, stingy. You ever seen a stingy kid? You ever correct your kids for being stingy? Did you ever get corrected for being stingy? Yeah. yeah. What does stingy mean? <laughs> you don't want anybody else to have yeah. what you got. Oh, that's right. If they got it, go take it away from them where they can't have it. And if you use it or not, just put it over here where, the, where they don't have it. It's not so much that you're going to enjoy it. You just don't want somebody else to have it. Right. And that that's the world we're living in. Yes, it is. It's absolutely ridiculous that that is infiltrated into the church to such a degree that we're seeing a dynamic change in the operation of what the church, you pointed out right off the start, what we're supposed to be. 
and it's not all right here. This, I would say this is a minimal part of anybody's individual ministry coming to church. That's a minimal part. Minimal. That's, that's not giving. That's just a requirement, okay? That's out of the word. We're supposed to join together in fellowship. Right. But all these other ministries are supposed to be in operation and in gear, as Brother Wellen brought it outside the church, doing, helping people, assisting. And I'm going to tell you, folks, we have missed it, and we've missed it big a lot of times. Lord, help. I'm just being absolutely honest with you. If we can't be honest, we might as well shut the Bibles, pack up, and go to the house right now. Because, it's, you know, the time of living under deception is over with. The church needs it. Where's judgment begin? House of God. The house of God. And if it begins in the house of God, what in the world is the situation going to be with the sinners and all them people running around out here? You know, that's, that's a big reason why so many of them don't want nothing to do with the church. Because they see. Mm -hmm. I said this morning, you don't fool people. They see if you're real, if you're genuine, or you're not. Yeah. And that's the issue. Yes. And I think we all should have a spirit of weeping and remorse. I really do. Mm -hmm. That we've missed it so much, so many times. And, and I'm not saying it's really that much intentional. Mm -hmm. It's just you let things go and you, and you neglect and you don't pay attention. And maybe some just flat don't care. It's more about them than it is those in need. There's a lot of things we could talk about here tonight, but uh, anyway, Carrie and I living in a selfish, stingy world, and there's a biblical reference for that in the book of Luke, if you want to turn there. Chapter number 12. Chapter 12, Lord talks about uh, in uh, verse 15, I want to start. Because he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. What's covetousness? Want, 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 want for who? For me. For self. You, have, you, have you noticed in God's word that is repeated over and over and over? What's one of the commandments? Thou shalt not what? Covet. Covet. It's, it's a greedy desire for more for self. And who could care less about anybody else? That's that's the point and the degree it ultimately winds up in. And that's where we're living at. Right. Yeah. That's where we're living at. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable in him saying, and this is it. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Oh, oh my goodness, I've got so much, I don't even have a place to put it all. Uh -huh. And he said, This is what I'm going to do. I will pull down my, listen to this, I will pull down my barns, the ones that I've got right now, and build bigger barns. And there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. So what's he saying here? Keep it all. And the more it comes, I'm going to build bigger places to store it all. Do you see a non-dispersal here? Right. A non-distribution attitude? 
non-giving? Yeah. What are we called to do if we were dirt poor? Give. What do you think we're called to do if we're extremely rich and plentiful? Much more so, right? Listen to this story. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take ease now, eat, drink, and be merry. There's the whole thing. There's that attitude. And I, I want uh, well, let's read the rest of it. I won't get it all. But God said to him, You fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Uh-huh. Then whose shall these things be? <laughs> work, 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 gather, 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 build bigger barns, bigger warehouses, put all this in it. One day, one night, you going to die. <clears throat> then whose is it going to be? Hmm. Some people got an attitude, I'll just come back and haunt them. You ever hear that? <laughs> so come, I'll come back and haunt them if they get what I had. Really? You're going to be haunted you go to the wrong place, but you ain't coming back. I'm That's sorry. Right. That's That's great. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. How are you rich towards God? Does God need anything you got, really? How are you rich towards God? Blessing, spirit. Well, in the most literal sense, our riches are laid up in heaven. You know that biblically. So everything down here, we know it, it corrodes and it rusts. Everything that we do is not laid to be stored and laid up down here. Now, with that said, as Pastor's been saying, well, it's nice to have things, but we there's something that way, that you you said there, Pastor, in that scripture. Wayland said this many times. He says, what do, what do we do in, in, in this American culture? You, we get a, we got a barn or we got a shop or something, and we'll, we'll fill it, and then we'll get another one, we'll fill it too, and we just fill, fill, fill. Now, I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but it's funny because there's a correlation here of the example. I understand that, that this is, this is a, you know, an example, but that's one of the things that, that you've heard me talk about before that you have to unlearn in this culture is that if we're going to grow up and we're going to live here in America— we're going to have to unwind of seeing everything out here and understand the value of the dynamic of the church, which is the body. Understand that our church is laid up in heaven, not here. If Listen, if there's anybody, any culture on the face of the planet right now that needs to understand that your treasures are laid up in heaven, it's Americans. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, 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 it's, it's American people. And so... Um, Knowing that we're the wealthiest and we're the most affluent and we have all of these things, it's like, well, what are we supposed to do? And Pastor and I were just talking about this the day. Well, listen, you're going to have to learn to live in it. You're going to have to learn to be able to seek God and be able to put everything else down and be able to still continue to put him first. That's something American people have got to learn. And then stop believing that every time your barn gets full, that had to have been from God. That had to have been from God. Listen, I'm okay with prosperity from God. Listen, I'm okay with that. But after three barns full, what are we doing? It's time to, bless it's time, it's time to take some of that and let's turn this into something else. Maybe, maybe it's not monetary. Maybe it's the time that we spent building that barn. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the, uh, uh, the resources that it took to build that barn, if I'm using that as correctly as an example. Uh, maybe that now those resources and those things... Now we need to build for someone else. Or use what you've got 
blessing. Right Absolutely. Here. And again, there's nothing wrong with having it. Right. No. It depends on what you do with it. That's right. Well, there's people that are the old term filthy rich. You ever heard that? Yeah. But they're wealthy because God's prospered them because they've blessed other people. And I think I've given some examples before. Uh, uh, the Lombardo Construction Company, I think he's passed on now. He owned a huge construction company, I believe, based out of Texas. Multi, multi, multi millionaire, if not a billionaire. He gave 90% of his profits to the church and kept 10. He flipped it upside down. J.C. Penney did the same thing. Now, the Penny family right now needs a real good lesson from what granddaddy and daddy, <laughs> yeah. because they've totally flipped it upside down. Yeah, right? they did. But anyway, the principle of it is give, give, give. You give, God's going to see to it that you're blessed. Now, I'm not saying you're going to become a multimillionaire, but he'll certainly meet your needs. Uh, in my discussion with Brother Tanner today, and this is what we want to get to, being the, the modus operandi, which is, the method of operation for every individual, for a church, for a community, for a country, for a society, is, is what they're used to, the operation that they're used to. How do we break out of that mold that we become so accustomed to? How do we break out of that mold and begin this process of ministering outside the church and being service-oriented and um, uh, so many other areas and things that, that we can... How do we... What do we do to get out of this rut we're in? Where do we start at? That's a good question. I, I think, listen to what he's saying. Listen to what Pastor's saying tonight. That's a, that's a challenging question right there in itself. To be able to, so what can what can we do? That's let, a literal let question. Let me insert something real Yeah, no, that's fine. Where does it start? Yeah, where does it start? With a preacher, right? <laughs> with a pastor. Everything starts with a pastor, right? I'm being honest. Listen to me. I've heard that too many times through the years. Pastor, look. Where does it start? If we're going to be honest, let's get honest. Where does it start? Little old me. Right. Every little old me. Okay. Let me let me ask this question before we really get into that. I want to ask this question. Let me. Why doesn't it work if you leave it up to the pastor? I'm just asking. Why doesn't that work? In, in a dynamic fashion. Why, if, if the pastor, if it was all up to him, and, or the leader, whoever it was, you put it all in him and you say, all right, we're going we're gonna to sit here. We're going to come in and we're going to enjoy the service. We want you out. We want you to go and, and talk to people. We want you to do all these things. And that's fine. But if, if it's all left up to him, someone tell me why that's not going to work. Let me speak real quick. Overload. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you short out at overload, and I know ministers that don't minister anymore because they're flat burned out mm -hmm. from having to do it all. Yes, true. And trying to pull the wagon up the hill and keep everything done and expend all their energy and all their time and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying so here. I'm going to tell you, we, we just got a little bit of uh, tweaking that we need to do. This is a blessed church. Amen. It really is. But we've always got room for improvement. And this is an area I believe everybody is admitted to here and knows room for a lot of improvement. Go ahead. Let's look at the number aspect real quick, and then we'll let Sean go. So he's one. He's one. So the body overall, we look at the body. I don't know how many we got in here tonight. 20. Probably 20, 15, 20, somewhere around in there. So we look for one to be effective. But isn't it much more effective if we have 19 people's feet on the ground? 
mm -hmm. than to 19 people relying on one person to get their foot on the ground. You see, the thinking, I think at times, you know, we gotta, that, that thinking has to be flipped, and that goes back to the responsibility aspect. And I think that's been lost over time is, what exactly is that responsibility? What am I supposed to be? Oh, I, there is something I'm supposed to be doing? I thought I was just supposed to come in on Sunday morning. And I think that that is, is thought-provoking to make us think. Absolutely so, but there again, society has drifted into the church because we all live in this mess. Mm. We wade through it every day. It has influence. It has effect. <clears throat> and I mentioned this somebody the other day, is uh, the pattern, especially youngsters, children, follow. they follow examples. They follow models. Guess who those models are? Right. And then they become like the models. Now, there's exceptions to that. But 90% of the time, they're going to follow the pattern of the one they're following, which is usually a parent. That's true. Hey, let's say even a church member. Yep. We're always monitored and looked at and observed every step we take, just about. Yes. So what kind of example or what kind of model are we presenting to others? Uh -huh. And you see, you're talking dynamic. That's the word. Uh -huh. the what is the dynamic of the uh -huh. church nowadays? Back to you. Okay. John, you were going to say something? I was just going to say it. The pastor usually ends up having to be the part. He has to be the nose, the eyes, the ears, the part. We need to figure out what our plan and the purpose is, and what part we serve, not only here in this building, but when we walk out those doors. Mm -hmm, if we don't know what part of the body we are in Voltron, would we go out to fight the galactic <laughs> armies and the evil in this world, then we can't break out the sword and kill the bad guys right. and do what we need to do in this place. If we're not living to the plans or the purposes of why God made yeah. us for then we are just neglected and someone else gets that load and so a foot has to be a toe and an arm has to be a leg and, and, sure. and things get out of whack and off balance. Well, I mean, you're saying it right there. I mean, the, that, and, and I think this, and that's exactly what Pastor's saying is, is that there's, there's a bit of, not a bit, not a bit of, it's dramatically out of balance. There's not a, there's not a balance anymore. Uh, if there was a balance, then things would be healthy. As, as, as he quoted the scripture, judgment begins in the house of God. Well, that's not like this climactic moment where, you know, like we, you know, where we've always have imagined in our mind, well, judgment, you know, and, you know, like this, you know, God on the throne and he's, you know, casting judgment down. Judgment in the house of God, beginning in the house of God, this has kind of been happening over a long span of time. This isn't something that just happened. He's like, well, you know, you're in the state that you're in because of the seeds that have been sown and the, the lackadaisical attitude and the, and the, the, uh, the positioning the repositioning with culture. And so that's why the church finds itself in the state that it's in now. It's like, okay, now what do we got to do? We're going to have to dig ourselves out of a hole. Yeah. We're looking yeah. up now. Brother, uh, I read this in the Bible. Jesus was talking to this man. He said, what must I do to be saved? Ah, yeah. yeah. Rich man. And he went through the, all the Ten Commandments. And he said, I've kept all these from my youth up. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, well, you have really done good. You've done good. Mm -hmm. He said, I tell you right now, brother, said, go and sell all that you have and give, your, give it to the poor. Mm -hmm. yep. And then it said he went away sad because he, he had a lot of things. A lot of great, great possessions. Yeah. 
we had more things he had ever used. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good example. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I'll make it quick. And, and you may be an arm one day and God needs to be an eye the next day. You got to be okay to switch roles, whatever the purpose is God needs you to be. That's why it's so important to have the Holy Spirit because he is like, okay, you've been a foot this week, but I need you to be an eye right now. And then you're going to have to go back and be an arm over here. And you just have to be willing to move however he needs you to move, mm-hmm. whenever he needs you to move. It's good. You brought up a point, good and, point. And, and it's, it's a good point, but it also brought reflected to something else is uh, ownership. Sometimes we claim ownership to positions. Yeah. No positions. This position isn't mine. This position's God's. And that's the way it should be. We shouldn't get all out of sorts if, if there is a movement. Yeah. And you're a leg one day and the leader says, hey, we need you to go over here and be a, a shoulder or a hand. Or, yeah. And it's just, there's so much of that. And boy, I mean, falling outs, if you move somebody's ownership of something, man, you've created a, <laughs> yeah. an absolute nightmare. Uh, but that plays in too because we're talking selfishness. You know, I'm elder. Others in here is elder. I won't call any names or anything. Some are young. Some are middle-aged. We're all going to drift out of this thing one of these days. That's right. Who's going to take our place? So there's got to be training and positioning ahead of time. You can't wait till the emergency and try to fill a spot. Right. Uh, so that's what nurturing, teaching, and instruction, and ministry, and all this is about mm-hmm. uh, to equip people. This, the church has got to keep going, hopefully. Yes. Right, man. Now, there's a lot of them that's closed doors and sold everything because they're not existing anymore. You know why? I've had at least three pastors in Johnston County over a period of years tell me because people lost concern. They didn't come anymore. They didn't support the church anymore. And there was only a fledgling crew trying to keep it going. And ultimately, that couldn't do it, so they closed the doors up and kept closed shop. I think that's a prayer though i mean when you say that that's probably right now the prayer that needs to be in the churches where what do i need to be doing right now in the church as far as you know the body not in not just in, in the church but outside of these church walls what's what's my spot what do i need to be doing where do i need to be busy at yeah well, let me answer that with this first jesus said the harvest is quiet but where are the reapers mm-hmm. he did where are the reapers and that's what we need reapers or people doing so your question I want somebody, he asked a question I'm going to answer somebody else say answer ask it again somebody else answer Would, isn't that what we need to be doing right now shouldn't we be praying right now about our positioning in the church do you think that people are praying right now about where they belong in the church let me ask it like that Say that I, I've been in churches and I've heard it here. What, what's my job, God? What do you want me to do? And I know people who have pretty much went their whole Christian life saying, God, what do I do? And all God wants you to do is move. All He wants you to do is be yeah. a willing vessel. Just, yeah. just move. He, be the he's willing not vessel. going to put a billboard sign out there. This is what I want you to do. Right. <laughs> we have to step out. We have to step out on faith, and we have to try things. Sometimes we're going to fail. That's right. But, Good. But the thing is that. You know, God wants us out there doing things, out there ministering, out there talking to people. You know, you don't have to walk the streets thumping your Bible because right. it doesn't work. Right. You know, the old Bible culture thing. People's going to shy away from that. They don't want to hear you. Right. But one-on-one individual basis, we need to be talking to people. 
That's we good. need to be witnessing to people. We need to be testifying to people. Tell them what God did for us in our lives. Yeah. Maybe tell them what God can do for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you said uh, willing vessel. And I mean, we could talk about the willing vessel aspect for a long time. And it's like, okay, then that, you said that, and that poses another question. Is, and, you know, you remember your, uh, Wednesday night I mentioned a pie graph. And I wonder if we were to see a, a, an actual spiritual pie graph of, of the uh, percentage of willing vessels versus non-willing vessels. I wonder what that would look like. It's just a thought. It is a good call. Yeah. Because that could be an honor. Crafts yeah. don't lie. Right. No, yeah. They don't lie. What I was trying to, the thing I was trying to say to answer that question, you said, are people praying? People are praying, but they're not moving. That's good. That's right. I, I agree. I agree. That's a good way. Yeah. Well, that's just like that little song that I sang. It's re- it was really a poem, but I made a song out of it. And uh, this person, uh, man or boy, Asked you, you know. He, he, he said he was praying, and, and God told him to do something. And he, he didn't have time, I guess. He said, God, you have to wait. I don't have time. And so it went on. He didn't know how God made it out, but he got, he got it done one way or the other. But then, it, did you hear the song? Yeah, you sung it. I remember. We sung it over here the other night. I've sung it twice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he, he needed it real bad. He needed something real bad, real fast. And he went to God. He didn't get no answer. But he could hear God say, Son, I'm so busy. I've got so much to do. You're going to have to get somebody else. Right. So you just come back on him. Yeah. And all these things will come back on you. Can you imagine if, if every time you prayed that God was too busy to do for you? I mean, that does. That's a good point, Jim. Make you think. That's good. Um, you talk about prayer and how do we pray or what do we pray? Um, you know, I, I found myself praying. And then I've, I've kind of been I felt guilty at times for what am I praying for somebody else to get hungry and thirsty? Why do I have to be the one? What? What? You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Where are people's hunger and thirst? It's one of those things you can talk about. You can brag about, but if you ain't got it, there ain't no evidence of it. And I, I perceive, again, my observation arena is very small because it's right here. But again, there's this spiritual atmosphere that I'm drawing out of that there's big problems a lot of places. And the general atmosphere is really void and lacking of a lot of the things the church used to be that isn't anymore. Okay? That makes sense? A lot of areas that are not being maintained and done that needs to be done. The church used to be the central focus of any community. Everybody knew where the church was and knew what was going on in the church, whether they went there or not. Because church, somebody died or somebody sick, you know what the church did? They couldn't wait to get to the door and bring them food or check on them and pray for them. Where's that at? Right. What has happened? True ministry is disappearing. Again, Wayland said it well. It's not within the four walls of the church that means everything. And and that's not just one. That that seems to be a universal issue. And 
You know, we can blame things on the devil all day long. Well, the devil created this situation. No, he didn't. People did. That's right. People did. Because they quit caring. They quit being concerned. Uh, their interest was lacking. Their hunger and their thirst had dissipated. There's a lot of things. If, if we had, we'll probably be here two or three weeks on this subject. And we might carry on next week. Who knows? But I believe this is great information and great learning for anybody. So, uh, anyway, I just want to bring a... Uh, another scripture up and uh, basically you should know this it's, it's Luke uh, 6 38 give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you again mm. there's a reciprocity principle of God yes uh, I like that heaped up pressed down shaken together and running over uh, but that's not Again, that's far from the the uh, attitude of society today or generational attitude today that if I just sit here, God's just going to automatically dump in my lap and I'm going to receive and not have to do nothing. What's the first word there? Give. Give. Start with you. Give. What do you give? Here's, here's part of the answer to your question. What do you give? Here we go, right here. This. What do you give? How do you give? But just name it though. What are we talking about? What are we now? You know, you can go monetary here real quick. Jump sure. in offering. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. No, no, no. Giving is a whole lot more than that. Again, tithing is a requirement. Right. It is an absolute commanding requirement of the biblical standards of God. Ten percent of what you earn, make, or increase is supposed to go to the church. Ninety percent He lets you keep. I think that's a pretty good deal. Myself. Pretty good deal. And then giving is on top of that. But what is it that we're giving? Time. Well, that's a big one. How many times have you asked somebody for something or whatever? I don't have time. I don't have time to help. I don't have time to do. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Time has become such a critter. Yeah. One thing, an excuse base. And uh, but that's a good answer. Time. It... it you really can't do anything without giving some time. So that's instrumental. What else? Uh, just being able to listen to someone else's issues and problems without being like, I know I have a problem with it sometimes. You start hearing somebody else's problem. I'm like, well, I got this, this, and this going on too. But just listening to their problems. Not saying a word about your problems and just listening and allowing them to talk to you and just be someone there that will listen. Best wisdom any time is a closed mouth, mouth yeah. and an open ear. Agreed. Many people just need to tell somebody, need to talk to somebody. They just need to get it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, that's good. How do you give? A meal. A meal. That requires work, Sister Linda. <laughs> and time. And you're going to dig in your pocket and buy stuff to go cook and take to somebody else? Oh, my goodness. Good stuff. Cook it good. That's good. You're talking about a ministry right here now. That's good. You know, there's lots of women that's working or just somebody that's not just take something with. Mm -hmm. that, that's a wonderful gesture. Amen. Of what? Christian love. Expression of care and concern. Let me see. You know, let me see something with that because that's fantastic. Um, and you know, 
I think sometimes we think that we should only, and this, I think this goes with everything that we're talking about up to this point, whether it be time or whether it be, you know, uh, just listening. I don't think we should have to wait. And I think this is where we'll, the church should become effective again. We shouldn't be waiting to do those things when everything is bad. Like for instance, like, okay, we know like if somebody pass, passes or a family goes through, they're sick or something like that, then we make them some meals or something. What if we just do something for somebody just to be doing it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like, when I think about that, it's like, wait a second, that, that blows my mind, hold on. You're telling me that I should do something for somebody just because. And that not only blows your mind, it blows them away when you do it. Exactly. Amen. Right. Because that, that's where God has challenged me. He's like, you know, why do we have to wait until we until something falls within a box and then we're like okay now that this has happened this is we do a b and c well that's required mm -hmm. it is why not just do it when it's not required because that's different yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then you develop a pattern and yeah. that might not be a good word we're trying not to get the mold or pattern but sure so to speak a habit a habit spiritual funny. habit a, uh, this is what we do at Rock Harbor Church. Yeah. God forbid. We, our identification, our personality. Right, our personality. Right. Yes. God forbid we so, have uh, so a habit of giving to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. somebody needing it. Yeah. Some, some hungers are good to have, like the hunger for money. You know, it's like for, for some people, it's okay to have a, a hunger for money. I know money. what you mean. A godly hunger for mm -hmm. money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And the damage you get it, it depends on what you do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know everybody wants to do better for their family, do better for the do better mm -hmm. for others. What does, it, what does this world require? Yeah, you can't buy anything with can't dirt it without it. unless it's got gold in them, of course. But you're right. Uh, it needs, you just got to be real careful. Right. It's the love of the money. It's the love of the money. You're right, Waylon. I remember when I was a kid, and this this didn't happen just once or twice. Didn't happen all, or just pretty pretty often. And somebody come by the house in the middle of the night. Kin folks or not kin folks, just people you know that daddy knew or mama knew or something. And so we we don't have anything, you know. We're just we're having to go to another town or another, you know. Moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. being back in because they had to go where the work was yep so they come by the house and it didn't make no difference what time it was mom and daddy get up and they cook them a meal mm. and help them you know whatever they need to get on their way mm. right. well, I know exactly what how many people are going to get up in the middle of the night and cook somebody a meal right now yeah you know I'll say this it relates to that Y'all on my dad made cakes. Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. His funeral. There were people there for the sole reason he had made them a cake. Yes, they were. They didn't know him, they just knew him as the cake man. He had a generous spirit. Yep. And wow. Great example. Yeah. And it's just, you know, big things are good, but it's little things that touch people. Just like I said, a meal. A cake, uh, a phone call. Uh, there's just many things we can do. 
we're moving on time. Go ahead and we're going to lose the But somewhat because of what your dad did, he did the same thing with his garden. He mm -hmm. gave out of the all the time. I took some of that on myself, and I, and I give out of mine. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen that people got blessed mm -hmm. because of what he done. And, you know, you can very easily grow a big giant garden just like the man here. He said, this is all mine. Nobody's touching none of it. Or you can <coughs> thank God that I've got this now. Hope everybody can. Yeah, you can back up and watch it rot if you want yeah. to. Mm -hmm. Waste on the vine. But, hey, man, God gives us more, more than adequate to effectively minister to other people. John? Oh, I was just saying, hey, it just gives me an idea. Well, it's probably not my idea, but it's the Lord's idea to, to pray. Like, if either first thing in the morning or some time throughout the day, they're like, how can I bless somebody today? It's like, just give me an idea to bless one person. Right. It's like, who can I bless? How can I bless them? But above whatever else I may do for that day, but I mean, to specifically give me a name or someone, whether that's someone at the store, like that person, whatever it is, to just. Throw it down there, and then and then it's on me if I don't. So, because yeah. it comes up, that I, I I was gonna mention earlier, but it comes to the ask and seek and knock thing. Because asking, we usually we get that, and it's like yeah, and then we seek after that, and then when it gets to the knocking part, that uh, for me personally, that always seems like the hardest part because that's when you've got you've gone down all the steps, and it's like now you know what it is you're supposed to do, whether that sounds ridiculous to me or not. I'm supposed to do it. I'm like, okay. Let me give you two words. Pray and be opportunity sensitive. Yeah. yeah. They're there. Yeah. You just gotta be sensitive to them. Actually, one time the Lord yeah. told me it's like he's it's like I don't I was at work and he just mentioned it's like the, right now there's windows of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right now. And it was only for a short period of time mm -hmm. and eventually that window shut. But he he brought that up to my attention and it's like their windows of opportunity right now. It lasts about two or three hours. Then I could tell the door was shut. Or the window was shut out. Window was shut. Yeah. Yeah. Um no, I'm gonna go ahead and let you close, Pastor. Let's okay. Let's let's carry on just a little bit of how do we do this? Now there's been discussion but it's been kind of minimal. Of course there's I know there's not a lot here. I wish there were. A lot of people need to hear this. A lot of subjects. Yes. Well, it's being recorded, subjects. so maybe there yeah. will be a lot. Yeah. Uh, that does get out there. and that, um, You know, it, it, this is like a lot of other things. We can have conversations. We can talk it. We can get all drummed up about it. We can clap. We can applaud. And then where does the fire go? After the discussion, where does the fire go? This 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 is something really you gotta push. You gotta push against the resistance, because I'm gonna tell you, the one that we're working against doesn't want you to have compassion and care and concern and mercy. That's right. Uh, yeah. Because he knows right. what that does. You 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 take somebody a pot of beans and some cornbread or whatever it might be, that might be the avenue of their soul getting saved. They might think there really is something to church. Those mm -hmm. people really do care. You know, there's just these little things add up and they create a lot of bigger things. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you one little seed, I mean, over and over again, how many times the Bible talk about the effects of one little seed? Right. A mustard seed or this seed. Or that. Like, something happens when you plant a seed. What is it? Right. 
it sprouts. What happens after it sprouts? It begins to grow. It begins to flourish. It becomes something productive. What does it produce? A plant and more seeds. Again, reciprocity principle of God. Right. And that's in a big way what we're talking about and have been all day. And I sense this is probably going to carry on uh, again. And in, uh, on, you know, final, final thing on my part, when you say how do we do this, in light of what we've talked about tonight, I'll say this and then, and then I'm going to be done on my part. But I, I do want you guys to consider this. And I am singling one thing out here. But we've been talking about tonight about ways that we can... We can change and get away from the from the our current culture and start getting back to some of the what what I call practical Christianity. That's what that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about practical Christianity. How do we do that? How do we get back to that? I want to I'm going to single one thing out, and this might be something you you thought of. Maybe that's something that you haven't thought of. But statistically speaking, did you know that Christians? So-called Christians right out of church are some of the worst tippers mm -hmm. that a waiter or waitress could ever wait on. And they, and they don't want to wait on you. And sometimes the honoriest, gripiest. Sometimes the honoriest and gripiest. So, so we're talking about that. You think, man, why would you even bring that up? Because we're talking about where can we start. Practical things that we can do. I'm not saying that you got to go out and give them your paycheck. I'm saying... Maybe you might bless somebody. Maybe you might start something. You say, well, they didn't do anything out of the ordinary. Do they have to? We are doing something that blesses someone else. That's what we're in the industry, so to speak, of blessing people. So why don't we try to do something in that realm and change people's perspective? Why? Where did we get that? When I heard that, I was like, Really? They said, yeah, Christians, when they come in here, when the churches come in here, man, they're sometimes they're hard to deal with. I'm thinking, really? What? And you know what the first thing I think of is? It's I ought to be ashamed of myself. So what what, what church they come from? What religion? <laughs> let me let name me, them. Let, yeah, name them. I'm gonna write this down in my stat book. And we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna keep logging this. I ought to be ashamed of myself. See, if we're gonna think that way though, we need to point back at ourselves and say, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I just give you one way. What are we doing, as Pastor said, to change that perspective and get back to pr uh, practical Christianity again? And I leave that to you to answer. Multiple answers. And, uh, what do you do when you give somebody a drink of water? Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I'll pray that you find one. <laughs> yeah, I'll find that water. I was driving down, I'm down. 70 highway over there going to Medill. Well, really, I was going to fish Mingo, but I went to Medill. And uh, this guy's walking, and I pulled over and he got the truck. We rode a little ways, and I had a, you know, one of the little water jugs in, in the floorboard. And he said, Do you mind if I get a drink out jug? I said, Well, I, would, I don't mind, but there ain't nothing in it. Hmm. And uh, I said, Where are you going? He was going to Durant. No, he's going to Hugo, and he had a job. He was going, you know, he's hitchhiking all the way. And uh, so we got down there at uh, Medill, and I pulled over at that store, and, had, and I, I just had three dollars in my pocket. So I gave him the three dollars. I said, "Go in that store there and buy you a gallon of water." 
and buy you, you know, snack and stuff. That way it'll get you down the road some. You know, that's all I have is $3. You can't buy very much for $3. Yeah. You buy a gallon of water and then, and, and, you know, maybe a cupcake or something. But uh, at least I give him what he, you know, what I had. And he, he thanked me for it. That rich man in hell only asked for one drop. Yeah. One of these days, one drop's going to be more precious and valuable than gold. Amen. Yeah, very good, Jim. He said something very big there. He said, I give him what I had. That's what God works on. That's right. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, that's all he has. Mm -hmm. Whatever you got, use it. Amen. All right. Been a good discussion now. Let's uh, rise and. Can I tell you one other thing that happened to me? No. I was, I was up, I'll do it anyway. I was up there in Ardmore and I was broke. And I mean, I, I needed something to drink. And I, I, I just, uh, God, I'd like to have a Pepsi. Oh, I said it tastes so good right now. I'd have a penny. Yeah. And I'd drive half a block, made that corner there on 77, and there's a dollar blowing across the road. I stopped that. Stopped the truck, got the dollar, went and bought me a Pepsi. Tasted good, too, didn't it? It, it, tasted, it tasted better than you thought it would? Tasted better than I thought it would. Yes, but it tasted good. Yeah. And I, I, it just, it just, uh, almost just, really done something to me mm -hmm. because, well, right. how many times you know would anybody if you asked them for a dollar, he's gonna give you a dollar. Yeah. Lord provided. No, but he, it was just blowing across the road there, mm -hmm. right after I prayed. Blew right your way. Foot blowed right in front of yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll stop the truck and got out and got it. Praise the Lord. All right, folks. Have a great week. Get yourself to work. Yeah. Amen. All right. Ask you, shall we see? Perhaps Brother Kenny back here. You can use your prayers. And uh, Brother Stan, remember him? Uh, Terry texted this afternoon and he was doing better. Matter of fact, she said, Poor Stan has the hiccups. Well, if you've ever had a surgery and then you get the hiccups, I said, you tell him in the name of Jesus, hiccups be gone. And I just yeah. left it there. She texts back in two minutes and said, the hiccups are gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Glory. But pray for him and, uh, and pray. pray for each other. Pray for Stan. Pray for Stan. Pray for Sister Linda, pray for the wife. She, she's been in pain pretty much constant and excruciating and I'm serious. Uh, she can't sleep. Uh, it's just, you have to be there to see it. So please pray for her. Matter of fact, I want to do that in closing as well as pray for these others. So if uh, y'all would all join me in prayer, let's take this to the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, you are almighty and great and powerful and wonderful and awesome. And I know, God, that you're able to extend your healing power, Lord, to, to the people that are suffering, hurting. And tonight, Lord, I lift my wife up to you, Lord, and I ask you, God, to minister to her. God, the healer of the root cause of this pain and this torment, this continuous torment night and day. Lord, I ask you, God, to set her free of this infirmity, to loose her from it, Lord. And God, establish her health. Uh, this foot be healed, Lord. Father, I just pray, God, the divine power of a holy God, Father, to touch her and bless her and heal her and deliver her 
from these sicknesses and illnesses and the effects of them, Lord. And God, Father, we just trust in you for it and believe and accept it right now, God. If our brother Stan Sewell and Terry, his wife, we pray for them and ask you to minister to them, Lord. I just pray, God, that you heal Stan and that you bless them both with comfort and peace. And Father God, we just pray, Lord, for all these that aren't here tonight, Lord. I ask you, God, to minister. I pray, God, there's needs in our church we're not even aware of. And I ask you to, to touch people and bless them and whatever their need is, Lord. We lift them all up to you Jesus. and ask you to bless in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. God bless. You're dismissed. Thank you.